Hey, Warriors, I, I hope you had a great New Year starting Christmas and all the stuff that just kind of went on, visiting family, friends, or stayed home. I mean, my wife and I have done that in the past before, and there's nothing wrong with doing that. Uh, but it's you know, it was pretty good. Got to see my parents I haven't seen in so more than a year now. And just got to hang out with my sister and nephew and sister's in-laws which getting to know them really well and husband just it was really cool so it, it was a really good time to be able to relax and we hadn't we hadn't relaxed because like i've told you guys before we had a lot of things going on in november and then december started and us trying to move and it was just pretty busy however you know it's the new year it is 2024 and started it already and things have been getting going and just been really good and I'm, I'm glad i'm getting in uh interactions on some of the podcasts where people have been sharing on spotify you write down comments and stuff which is awesome i'm i'm happy to see people joining the discord even more it's you know it's it's just something that is needed. People, should I men, need to find these guys that that can encourage them, build them up, and have some type of network. It, it's a need, and what would be better than starting the new year where you can ask questions, open up about your struggles, have an opportunity to be able to not have to actually do it in front of people. Because, you know, Discord is a third person. Uh, like, it doesn't have to be, you know, I don't have to see you on video or the other guys. We could just hear what you're going through and, and do our best to pray for you, to encourage you, advice that's biblical. There's things that are going to probably come from Warrior Within that I'm going to be using for out here in Georgia. And excited to see how God's going to put all the pieces together. He gave my wife and I a very good vision of where the, we want to take the ministry. I don't mean like a physical like dream or anything, but an actual idea or plan that we want to go, go towards. It's going to take time, but the cool thing about God a lot of times we think we don't have time. We think we're getting too old to do anything. We think that there's no way this is ever going to happen. But as you spend time in scripture, as you sit there and you read the stories that we look at all the time, and maybe you've heard in Sunday school class or you know, that's been preached upon on the podium, but we've never really stopped to pay attention to how powerful God is to see how he has done things that just seem impossible happen victories for Israel failures that people have gone through repentance grace redemption is there full story and understanding of the coming messiahs in the old testament that leads to basically matthew and understanding 
the importance of the lion lineage of Jesus and all the way up to his birth that we celebrated in December. Then all the pieces from that point on where God is training Jesus up for the ministry that he Why is it that we have so many Christians who are career Christians? I'll explain this a little bit more in today's episode. But many of us have taken what we call resolutions. Resolutions are promises. And Scripture the, the word vow. And if you go and do a study on the vows that were actually done in Scripture, you will find two things. One came true for the most part. And two, don't make a promise that you can't. You see, God didn't take it lightly. But yet, how many times every year do we do resolutions and we don't complete them? Because when you don't complete a vow or a promise to God or a commitment, you're basically looking bad when it doesn't work out. In the case with God, you're disobeying disobedience. Because you made a promise to him, but yet you're not following. And yet when we accepted Christ, we made a promise to be a follower. At least if we're being true and honest, when we accept him, that's what we wanted. We want him to cleanse us so we can follow him. We can be like him. We can serve him. Many of us are lacking A lot of times we're a mask, or as my wife calls them, career Christian people who look inwardly are. At least they fooled themselves. See, many Christians are going to hear God say, never knew them. Go to Matthew 7, 21, and it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do many works in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers. Lawlessness. See, today, it could be did I not preach the gospel? Did I not go to church every Sunday? Did I not go to the Bible study every week? Did I not read your Bible every single day and pray, Lord? Did I not go to these missionary trips? Did I not put in my tithe? See how when I replace that, it becomes a little bit more real to us? See, a, Christ, uh, a career Christian is one who appears to be Christian in, a, in appearance. They know the right words to say, 
how to dress to impress. They mimic the way that a Christian is supposed to be to the world and even to other Christians. You know, it's kind of like <clears throat> when you know the pastor's coming over, you know, most people like, try to act like they're absolutely perfect. They don't make mistakes. They watch certain things they shouldn't be. They don't talk a certain way. They make sure all the kids are, are behaving and they try to make everything appear to be as if there is nothing wrong. I mean, we see it on social media all the time. They, they mimic what they're supposed to be like, but then when the pastor's not there, how are they normally? I mean, the secret is that even pastors struggle at home too. Not perfect at home all the time. And they make mistakes, and they make bad choices, and their kids are misbehave. Mom and, you know, husband and wife get into fights. Like, it, we're all human, so we do that. However, when you're trying to fake Christ likeness, you're you're doing your best to to look like you're a Christian who's walking with the Lord. That's why I always tell you know like a lot of the young people. I always say to them, if your friends did not know, or if I didn't know who you were, and you were walked in front of me and everything, the way you act, the way you talk, the way you treat people, everything that I could see visually, would I be able to tell that you were? It's a very rough thought, but it's a very strong picture. Because a lot of times we act like how we're supposed to only, and I, I would say most of my life I've seen it only in front of Christians. And a lot of times, I, like I've heard stories of people who have been like in Christian schools and they're like, man, you know, the Christian kids I was brought up with, they were bad, they were troublemakers. And I, I would have to say, yeah, I've, I've run into that too because they would appear to look like Christians in front of the teacher, obey the rules, well, sort of obey the rules. And even in front of their parents, they would act a certain way. But when nobody was around, you got to start seeing the, the true colors that they stood by. They start looking like the world more. Where you're even going in the back of your head thinking, hey, I thought so-and-so was a Christian, but man, do they got a mouth? Do they struggle? See, I'm not trying to say that just because you struggle, you're not a Christian. I want you to understand that there's, what I'm talking about is there's people today who, when they struggle, they know, and they, they, they try to get on track. But then there's people who only, only appear Christian at, at the appropriate time, but in reality, they don't live with the desire to be in Christ-likeness. Those are fake Christians, in my opinion. They're fake. Because the, it's just it's just kind of facade. It's it's a mask. It's something that they wear when they need to act a certain way in a certain situation in front of certain people. But in reality, at when you know when they're not in front of those people, they are a totally different person. We're supposed to be the same person at home, at work, and at church. 
the person, you know, if you went, if the person went to work and someone saw him at work, he should not be a different person than he would act at church. And then he shouldn't be a different person at home. Because a lot of times, you know, the Christianese wordings that we would use is hypocrite. Pharisee. This is why the world struggles when they use that word hypocrite on us. Because they say, oh, well, look, that Christian says, you know, they, it's bad to go dancing. But man, I just saw them over at this party and they were dancing. They're being a hypocrite. In scripture, they, they, they point out to the fact that they are self-righteous or they look righteous, but they're really not. Inside, they're snakes, wolves, heart, you know, hard hearts, liars, lovers of the world. And you could be a Christian who's failing in your walk, but you're going to have the Holy Spirit constantly telling you, hey, Joe, get back in line. Hey, Joe, remember what the scriptures say? Joe, you need to be praying some other brothers to help you keep you accountable because you are struggling. Holy Spirit's going to get involved. So if you're not having that, that inner involvement of the Holy Spirit in a battling with you with your sin issues battling with you to keep you know your walk going battling you to try to find guys battling you to you know start praying with other men and or even just taking up leadership in the church and finding ways to grow in your faith i would have to start to question so it's either maybe you're not truly saved or you have totally and completely shut down the Holy Spirit's interaction with you, which is a very dangerous, dangerous road to be on. And you remember how I used the, the, the ideas of Pharisee, right? The so Matthew 15, 1 through 9 says, Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles their, reviles father, their father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or mother, what would you have gained from me is given to God? He need not honor his father. For the sake of your tradition, you have made the void God. You hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship, teaching as doctrines the commands of men. You see, He's talking about how they acted, appeared, spoke as if they followed God, but in their heart, spiritual mind, spiritual heart, they desired everything outside of God. And then they taught doctrines because in, in what he's actually talking about is that methods or you know ways to Keep yourself pure and righteous in in appearance. You know, <clears throat> I don't 
I'm sorry, you know, all you guys might be Baptists, but, you know, I was brought up in a Baptist church, and the best example I can always think of is usually someone who dresses in a suit, tie, pants, perfect Bible, perfect perfect hair, you know, combed over to the side, no facial hair, and they look like the Christian coming into church, but then when they're at home, they're completely black and white from church to there. But the only time they they so-called wear their career outfit church or at Bible study, events and activities, otherwise at home, you would never recognize them at all. And I'm not talking all of us need to be, you know, you know dress up and be perfect and dress. What I'm trying to say is that it's it's a canopy or a mask that they're wearing. Okay. But today it's even more relevant to be mindful to what is going on in church today we see a another version of this like career christian concept that is in in the ideology or in the church culture that we have today it's being used by the progressive christianity uh and even the nar system that's out there because they want you to what they're doing is they're throwing away the authentic true discipleship of scripture obeying God, the truth, scripture, for spiritual oneness and self-care. Where we can gain the powers, the energy, the understanding that Jesus had and be like him. Okay. We become, as the Pharisees, where we look righteous but it's through false teaching. So we believe in spiritualism instead of biblicalism, Bible being our truth. The truth becomes the spiritual awakening system or method or ideology. That's what we live on. That's what we base our life on. That's what we base our choices on. That's how we live on. It is the emotion that they feed on because they know we're wanting something so bad. We want to feel something so bad because we live in a very broken world, a lot of broken people because, you know, as, as sin becomes more of the thickening of the culture, moral things become not as important to stand by critical thinking of you know not eating tie pods or jumping out of cars that are moving it's it's like we become dumber in our thinking process because we because we want to feel something excitement which is all about emotions and when you have a teaching that comes into your culture that's teaching you, you can gain something. You just need to have stronger faith. You just need to be more spiritual. You need to just get more involved with the Holy Spirit and heal Him through you. Where you go to this church, you could feel the Holy Spirit there. So people go there hoping they can 
oh, but this person, they have healings out going on in this church. You need to go there. You need to go check to see if it's true. But it's not because of the people making it happen. It's because the Lord's choosing them. Because he wants people to see him. Now we get this idea in our heads that if we just had enough faith, God, God will do something. Jesus will do something. But Jesus only does something if he is showing his will or proving his glory involved. Doesn't mean we stop praying. Doesn't mean we stop praying for healing. Doesn't mean we don't we don't we don't stop praying because we want someone to be saved. Keep praying. That strengthens your faith. It strengthens your trust. Sometimes things will not work out the way we think. I know. I've seen it many times over. Everything that I thought God was going like like what he was planning for me has not been anything that I thought was going to That's how he works. Because it's his plan, his will, mind. We ask him to show us his will for us. He may not show all of it, parts of it. And it doesn't mean, <laughs> once again, you ask him, you're, you're pre- promising, hey, I'm, I'm going to follow you, Lord. I'm going to obeying you. I'm, I'm willing to listen. Willing to do what you're asking of you're making a promise a vow to him and you continue to walk in that path with him and you trust him even if it's the weirdest way that it could possibly happen even when it seems like it's very clear what he's doing but then suddenly there's a wrench that gets thrown in there and you're like i, I don't understand lord what's going on and he just smiles he goes you said you would trust me do you still the false ideologies that are coming in are starting to mask they want you to deconstruct they want you to find spiritualism by coming to church it's not about teaching or training you to be prepared for the culture and for the world by being disciples of Christ no no about you be a disciple of Pastor So and So, disciple of the spiritual idea. I'll take it. See, when you go to Matthew 7, you're reminded, starting at verse 15. Beware of false prophets come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous uh, wolves, fools, (laughs) wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes? No. Are figs from thistles? No. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but a diseased tree bears bad fruit. You've seen it. A tree is not looking so well. The flowers look bad, leaves look horrible, the branches are dying. You know, we, we've seen what good trees look like. That's why in verse 18 it says, a healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit. So if your tree looks healthy, but it's bearing bad fruit, there's something wrong. Sometimes inwardly, 
And you think about that. Just because it appears to look good, but there's something not right. You can tell. You have discernment. The Holy Spirit's trying to get you to understand, hey, you're acting this way and this, this is not right. Yeah, but, but it feels good. It feels right. It feels right. It's not harmful. It's not hurting anyone. I mean, why not pray and ask God to do X, Y, and Z? He, he owes me, doesn't he? Now I'm following him. He owes me, right? Nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Just because it looks bad, probably is. It's not biblical. It's not following God's word. It's not connecting to the truth of Scripture. You do need to question it. Nineteen. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. It's telling you right here in the scriptures that if you are truly following God, if you are living by the truth, you are obeying who He is and His Word. Your fruit will bear. Good fruit, which will be godly fruit, which will be walking with the Lord, and they will know and they will see that you are truly a follower of Christ. You now you can't be a sports person follower of one team, but still wear another team's jersey and say that you're a fan. Makes no sense. Oh, I'm a big fan of the. Let's see, for example, me and Georgia Atlanta Falcons. But man, I I'm I'm black and gold all the time. Saints fan, you understand what that means? You can't serve the Falcons as a fan and serve what your inner desire is, which is the Saints. We are reminded in this verses of false teachers. People will fall for their pretty words, their fork tongue ideology, vipers, snakes. They speak as if they obey God, but they only live for themselves. They will use our words, they will use the scriptures, they will use ideologies that we were brought up in and they will steer you away because it's like a forked tongue there is the truth but hey here's another great idea that is very similar because they walk parallel with the truth but this is so much better it just seems cooler i mean how many of us longed to have like superpowers or maybe do spells like harry potter because it would be cooler and i would have more control the scripture teaches the opposite. It wants us to have complete trust in God. It wants us to completely surrender, to make his grace sufficient enough to what we need on a daily basis. It does not mean he doesn't give us gifts. 
Some of us might be gifted in certain areas of our walk. Doesn't mean that he doesn't bless certain people in a certain way. Some people may be rich, other people may not. Some people may have people help them like crazy and other people may not. Some people will never get sick and die of old age. Some people may not. People will get an awesome job. Some people may. Some people will be in the United States where there's a lot more freedoms. Other people may not. You see, the idea of vipers and snakes comes from when basically Jesus fronts the Pharisees and points out to them. He says in Matthew verse 7, it says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. See, he's trying to get to the point. Because he understood that just just them, during that time, just them, how they were, was going to be rough for them to understand and to grasp the truth. But he also knew, because Paul tells Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 9, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, where the people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unpeaceable, slanderous, without self-control, which is big in men, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having the appearance, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Even he was pointing out, we are Christians, appear to be godly, but deny truth. Avoid such people. You know, we focus so much on all the words above, like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, check, check. Oh, yeah, that person. Yep, check. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that person right there. But in verse 5, it says, Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. How many people we met? It says avoid such people. In other words, if they're faking it, they're not being real to the faith. The, the, the reason why he's saying to avoid, I, I would say, because in my experience, is because they, are, they don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to change. They want to pull you in. 
They want to pull their problems. Because in verse 6 it says, sorry, verse 6 states, For among them are those who creep into households, capture weak women, burdened with sins, and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of I know that sounds very particular, weak women. It's weak anybody. Because we live in a culture today of a lot of broken people who are looking for something and they're going after all of these spiritual revival type atmospheres where all they have to do is come with come as they are with all the emotion, get get them all excited about the spiritualness of God. So that they have to be hungry for it so that every Sunday they come back for the same thing over and over again to get that little bit of mm, that power, that, that energy that comes with it. And they keep doing that cycle over and over again. But nothing changes in their life. They never re truly repent never truly allow God to change them. They have no desire to, to stop their sin issues. As long as I feel the spiritualness, good. Verse 8 says, Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. So these men also oppose the truth, men corrupted in mind, disqualified regarding the faith. Verse 9, but they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. People don't want to know truth. And if they don't want to know the truth, then they're not walking in the truth. Even if they look and appear like a Christian, it doesn't make them necessarily a Christian. Because they disregard anything the Bible says by giving you feel-good messages. Feel-good music. Feel-good emotional spiritualism. Did we have emotion when we worship God? Absolutely. But when it is the focus is your emotion and not God, then we have a problem. Do we feel emotion when the Holy Spirit breaks us and, and we just crying because we want God to change us? Absolutely. When it's all about trying to build a better you and a more spiritual and awakening type perspective, Bringing the kingdom down because it is our right. Because we're supposed to be the, the forebearers of such power. About Jesus. It's all about me. Gaining something. Hmm. Hmm. Today we have a lot of broken, lost people. And then we have a lot of people searching for Jesus. And 
want that to sink in. Today we have a lot of broken, lost people. And then we have a lot of people searching for Jesus for the truth. And the broken, lost people are so broken that they do not know how to tell those searching for, for the Savior, for Jesus, where he is because they do not even know him themselves. Let me repeat that again. And the broken, lost people are so broken, they do not know how to tell those searching for the Savior where he is because they do not know him themselves. They ingest what the charlatans are spewing out of their mouths because they, those words allow them to feel that they are a part of something special. And these people are the only ones with the secret. They live the life of a career Christian because they have never truly surrendered to Jesus. Or maybe they never actually accepted him because they were just they were discipled that living the life of a Christian is the road of salvation. But they were ne but they were also told told when they are baptized as a baby was enough for their salvation. Maybe their parents and grandparents, you know, took them to church every single Sunday. That's their form of salvation. No. Jesus is the only way. If you do not know him as your savior, then you are not following Jesus. You don't understand that you are a sinner who is separated from God, but only through the grace of Jesus Christ, his blood, his resurrection, you find self. And we are in a constant state of sanctification. In other words, we're going to fail. We're going to make mistakes. And we're going to make bad choices. We're going to sin. But we have grace. And we have the Holy Spirit who dwells in us when we accept it to Christ. And when we allow him to be able to change us instead of push him away or keep him off because we want to live the life we want to live He's going to do amazing things in our life He's going to guide us through the hard times and the good times He's going to show us some blessing and then he's going to be there when it just seems like everything is falling apart the key thing is is because we are willing to follow God, obey Him, do as He asks. No sugarcoating, no other spiritual genie ideology, no other way to gain powers. We are Jesus followers. We obey God. We do as the Word asks of us. We tell others of the great news, what Christ did in our life. Is it? Let's pray. Nearly Father, thank you for this time to ask that you bless this conversation. Don't know who needs to hear it. The start of the new year episode, and I know that you have a plan, and I know you have a, a, a vision for what my wife and I are supposed to be doing. And I pray that you put all the pieces together for us. But I pray for all these other men here who are trying to figure things out, who are, who are struggling in their faith, who are struggling in their sin, who want to change, who want to see you 
make a difference in their life, get them on track, to help them walk the ask you bring the right people in their life. Pray that you move in their hearts and their minds, that they may find you clearly and remove anything that's blocking them from seeing you. Pray if there's guys that see that you've given them a vision or a plan in life to go for, that you start opening those doors and you prepare them for whatever it is that you have planned for them. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I hope you have a great See you next time. God bless.